your voice be heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM radio. And if you guys think I'm doing an awesome job engineering and you think I'm better than Stanley when it comes to the boards, you should call us up and let us know. We'll see what happens when we get to the phone calls. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know, right? I'll number two if and Selena two. doesn't drop a phone call today, right, then, I think then we'll be in the green. Definitely. Um, and the number is 212-650-6903. Um, we just wrapped up a great engagement conversation about FIFA, corruption, crisis, and scandal, which is pretty much the underlying theme of every show here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. <laughs> um, and we have uh, still in the studio with us Darrell Jazz Johnson, sports and entertainer, entertainment journalist here in Harlem. I'm an entertainer, too. An entertainer. Yeah. No. Right. Look at that. That's what do you right. do? Do you perform? You've heard like, some of my freestyles before. Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I've sent you my lyrics via text. You did, yeah. but I haven't I spit, heard them. I spit them. hot fire. I'd, we yeah. have, oh, can you spit something else? Right now? Yeah. I don't go I don't go I know, right? I don't go Acapulco like that. Oh. Well, we'll have to get you to perform one of these days. Absolutely. Um we have Alyssa Fuchs here. And again, my name is Selena Hill. Um, I wanted to start off the news roundup with some somber news. And again, this is the time of Let Your Voice Be Heard where we talk about news stories that were really important or significant, made us upset, angry, or happy sometimes throughout the week. And you can also contribute with your own story or your own comments on the stories that we give by calling us up on two, at 212-650-6903. Um, I want to start off with some news. I was at a barbecue last night, a friendly barbecue, and then one of my cousin's friends said, like, oh, um joe biden's son died and i'm like who when which one and automatically i looked i googled it and i found out that it was Bo biden um his real name is joseph and he died at the age of 46 from brain cancer um he also was an attorney general he planned to run for governor he followed his father into politics and spent the majority of his career serving uh, in the political arena and aspect and it's it's really heart-wrenching and tragic that joe biden's eldest son died um if you are familiar with joe biden in his history, you would know that he is very vocal about how he lost his first wife and his daughter in a tr- in a, a tragic accident. They just come home from uh, they were actually just finished shopping um, during the Christmas season and they were hit by a, a tractor trailer. And they the, the mother, which was Joe Biden's wife and his daughter died and his two sons were critically injured, but they survived. And now Bo, his eldest son, died last night. Well, the announcement was made last night. I mean, I was just like, Joe Biden had it rough. And I really enjoy him as a vice president. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, it's really very sad. From what I understand, he had been sick for quite a while. He was first diagnosed with cancer back in 2013, mm-hmm. and he had a lesion removed from his brain, and um, and they said he was getting better. And actually, he was expected to run for governor of mm-hmm. Maryland this year. Um, and then about two weeks ago, it or there was another incident a few months back. Uh, he was feeling disoriented. But then about two weeks ago, he was admitted to Walter Reed. Uh, which is a military hospital in the D.C. area. And um, apparently his condition uh, just deteriorated rapidly. So it's just very sad. You know, Joe Biden's been through, as you point out, a lot of tragedy in his life. Mm. Um, 
So, you know, obviously our thoughts are with the Biden family. And like, even if you're not like, even if you're conservative, right, Mm -hmm. you have to have some kind of emotional reaction. But, you know, listen, we're talking about people tweeting at the president like nooses and stuff when the president. So, like, we know that politics in this country is just so disgusting. I expect people to continue to say nasty things regardless. Zarel, did you have a reaction to that? Yeah, no, it was just sad. Like, you you mentioned, um, you know, the the tragedy that that he experienced previously. So it's just, you know, obviously you're going to feel bad for anybody who loses a child. But, but. You know, he's lost a wife before. You know, he's experienced severe tragedy already. So it's, you know, uh, God bless him, his family. And, and and I guess it says a lot about him and his character mm. that he's been able to to achieve so much despite having, you know, gone through those life-changing experiences. Right. I mean, it really does. And I'll continue to pray for Joe Biden, his family, and let's definitely keep him in our thoughts. Um, I kind of want to switch gears to a way more happier topic and subject. Um, so Nicki Minaj actually did a interview with Cosmopolitan magazine and she was not holding back. If you <laughs> follow her at all, you know that she kept her 10 year uh, relationship in the dark for the majority of her career. But now that they separated, she's now dating rapper Meek Mills. So within the within the interview, not only did she talk about how she had this, you know, raunchy sex with Meek Mills in her Range Rover, but <laughs> she was also talking about something that feminists have been going crazy about. And she said, and I'm just going to quote her. This is Nicki Minaj. Um, during sex, she says, and I quote, I demand that I climax. I think women should demand that. I have a friend who's never had an orgasm in her life. In her life. I'm quoting her. That hurts my heart. It's cuckoo. (laughs) And then she talks about how she teaches her friends, um, how they teach each other, how to make sure that they're being satisfied in the bedroom. And she was just like, look, I have no problem being vocal. And I think all women should be more vocal. And I don't know. I kind of. I just don't, I didn't, ex- I expect this from Nicki Minaj because I, she's very empowered. She's sexually liberated, obviously, to, to from what we know. And I think that um, she's just being vocal about something that is still very taboo, apparently. Is, I mean, what did you guys think? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know what to think. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, you want to talk, <laughs> I was going to talk about somebody else being vocal about something that's not so taboo and he should know about it, but I won't jump there yet. I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to respond. To well, Ralph. I would, I I would love to, you know, uh, hear a, a Meek Mill follow-up interview to to uh, to to what Nikki has to say, and I'm I'm sure he would, you know, say, hey, you know, um, as a man, I think you should want to please your lover. Um, so it's not something that she should have to demand. Right. It I should be your goal to make sure that you're satisfied, but also that. Your your woman is satisfied. Let's I mean, that's going to keep your relationship. I mean, the political going. The, if you have a comment or question about this, you can give us a call two one two six five zero six nine zero three. But the the sort of political aspect of it is like the power dynamic mm-hmm. of the male based patriarchal society in which, you know, I was reading an article this morning actually in the New York Times, and I, this isn't the story that I had for the news roundup. I actually have a way better story, um, but it was about this woman who was like in a purity group, and she grew up in a very conservative. Uh, uh, 
uh, town in Nebraska and like the cool thing in school was to be a virgin right and like right. that if you weren't a virgin you weren't popular because Christianity was like the cool thing at our high school because mm-hmm. like that's where she grew up um, and then eventually like she came to New York and like <laughs> you know like you know sort of like realize the the patriarchal aspect of even that right. you know save yourself for the man and like this <laughs> that and the other thing so um and you know if that's your personal perspective that's fine right. you know but it wasn't her personal perspective it was like sort of being forced on her so i mean that's really the power dynamic that i like that nikki speaks to is you know is to sort of you know, the women empowerment of the you know not necessarily and saying you know i'm going to take control of the situation and that was kind of similar to what the woman said in this article, which was that she was going to take control of the situation, too. Um, I wanted to switch gears a second. So France just passed this new law that makes it illegal for supermarkets to throw out their food. Instead, the law requires that these big supermarkets have to sign a formal contract with food charities. And so basically, a lot of what a lot of people don't realize is like food has a sell by date. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the sell by date isn't necessarily the expiration date. So even though it's past the date where you can sell it to a consumer doesn't mean and it's past the date for which it's safe to consume. Right. And in fact, a lot of foods can be consumed well past the quote unquote sell by date. So what this law will do is essentially will link supermarkets with food banks and will say, OK, some of the food which isn't necessarily rotten or spoiled and is technically still edible, instead of you just dumping it in the trash because you can't sell it, you're going to have to donate that food to food banks. I just think that's an incredible idea. I would love to see us adopt something like that here. I know we do have some uh, some programs in New York City through the Food Bank for New York City, which mm-hmm. is located up by Hunts Point Market in the Bronx. I was watching uh, actually an episode I think it was Modern Marvels about like large scale food operations. And there was a big talk about how New York City's food banks and food shelters feed and soup kitchens feed tons and tons of people in New York City every day. And a lot of it relies on donations directly from the food company, like the companies themselves like Kraft or et cetera, et cetera. But I think this would be a great idea to add to that other than just the food companies making donations uh, to have supermarkets, you know, have to donate some of their food to the food banks. So maybe we should take a play out of France's playbook here and uh, and roll on a law like this. Well, I'm, I would support that. Absolutely. I think uh, I've, I have experience in the event planning world. And, and I remember one time we were doing an event at, at Manhattan Center uh, on 34th and 8th. So just coming in and out of the building, we noticed there was a group of, of homeless people in, in the area. So we asked the owner of the company if we could take the food that we were about to throw out mm. after we took the stuff that we wanted to keep for ourselves there was still a lot of food so we asked if we could take it to the homeless people and and he and he said yes but he wanted to make sure that we took every label off so nothing could could show it was here just to avoid liability which right. i which i definitely understood but i think so i think there are a lot of people who who do the right thing I also think the majority of people don't do the right thing. So right. I think it would be great for the government to 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 kind of strong arm people and say, you know what, instead of throwing this food out, give it to people who need it. Because there are, yeah. unfortunately, plenty of those people out there. there which really is something that, that you guys have talked about. Homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have on the line with us Barry, who would like to let his voice be heard uh, on a comment. He has a comment on a previous story we talked about. Uh, good morning, Barry. Or good afternoon, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> Um, you know, you had some mentioned something about um, somebody having received a, cl- a climax, 
in our life, and, and then I think one of your guests, uh, host had said something about, well, men should be, uh, if you're mandated to, or something like that, obligated to, to you know, to satisfy their, 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 their lover, uh, you know, like this here. You know what, I think that's part of the problem, is what's left out of the equation is really the, the affectionate intimacy. And usually if a person, you know, whether male or female, is going into this here act, or, you know, it, it seems like it, it shouldn't be some kind of a, 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 you know, a prescribed thing. In other words, it's like sometimes spontaneity, you know, has this place where it is, you know, the affection and intimacy is really more, is what the act is about, more than sex and, and, and accomplishing this here, you know, climax, things like this here. Um, whereas what happens is if a person is uh, really uh, in a certain zone with their own intimacy and their own sensitivities, they bring their own self to climaxes. It's not that somebody else is, you know, is doing this here big job. Mm-hmm. And what happens is many times men, they, they, they feel a sense of, of uh, uh, letting down the partner and they haven't, you know, met up to this expectation, this manhood kind of, and that leads to a whole chain of a whole cycle, you know, psychology, you know, cycle, you know, it leads to a whole chain of what we go into today where is, um, then the resentment sets in. Right. Um, Barry, thank you so much for that comment and calling in, guys. And remember, you can always call us up at 212-650-6903. I just wanted to clarify. So Nicki Minaj made that comment, the entertainer and the rapper. Um, she was talking about with her significant other. Um, and she does have, a, from what we understand and what we see, she does have a very intimate relationship. Um, and she was just talking about when it comes to the bedroom. She's not saying, like, I demand that I climax every time I have sex with anybody right. no, she was talking about her significant other i think he makes like sort of like just in somewhat is his point is when i think when you have a lot of intimacy with somebody you're more likely to have the experience of getting to where you want to be we'll say um mm-hmm. you know versus when you don't have the intimacy with somebody i definitely i mean that's just my personal perspective obviously it's an opinion um but i just also wanted speaking of sexual uh, allegations i mean there's been a lot of sexual allegations of yes. abuse and stuff this week yes. we had the the, the Duger guy who, um, you know, was accused of molesting his uh, um, uh, uh, sister and then ha- former House Speaker Dennis Hassert was indicted apparently for giving bribes to have somebody cover up his sexual abuse. Um, so those were also big stories this week. But the one thing I did want to mention before we go to our, our break um, and come back, which is uh, Westboro Baptist Church found out that they should not mess with J.K. Rowling um, because apparently there was some kind of Twitter war and um, J.K. Rowling like tweeted something at Westboro Baptist and then there was some back and forth and then apparently um, somebody else like tweeted at J.K. Rowling. She wrote Harry Potter if you don't know who she is um, and she said and this person said to her that she shouldn't respond to the Westboro Baptist Church because she shouldn't give them the oxygen of publicity. And then J.K. Rowling responded to that person and said, quote, I don't care about the Westboro Baptist Church. I think it's important that scared gay kids who aren't out yet to see hate speech, sorry, to see hate speech challenged. And I think that's really an, an awesome comment because I think like too many people have this mentality, which is, you know, what, like don't say anything back to Westboro because we don't want to give them the spotlight or like don't say back to anything back to people that are hating or you know because it gives them more of a spotlight and I think there's some truth to that but at the same time there's a lot of truth to her point which is like 
people should see hate speech challenged. It's mm-hmm. really, really important. And it's not necessarily about not giving Westboro more, you know, publicity or not giving other people more publicity. It's really about the fact that, you know, we should challenge those those things um, and challenge them publicly. So I think she makes a great point there. Um, definitely with that. Um, I know we're going to be going to a quick break, but before we do, I guess the last story I'll mention is, so Mike Huckabee apparently... Um, either A, doesn't know how the government works, or B, <laughs> just likes to pander to idiots. But for some reason, he likes to continue to say this thing that the Supreme Court, like the president doesn't, I'm sorry, the gov, like states don't have to listen to the Supreme Court, or, you know, the state legislatures can overrule the Supreme Court. And I just wanted to clarify, like, a little civics lesson. I happen to think that Mike Huckabee knows that this isn't true and he's just saying it because Mm. the people who vote for him or, you know, buy his book, like, believe it to be true. But when the Supreme Court makes a ruling, that applies to everybody. And the only way to change that ruling is to pass a constitutional amendment. Um, So don't listen to Mike Huckabee because he doesn't know what he's talking about. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we know no, really quickly, I have Miss Deborah on the line who wanted to make a comment. Um, and I wanted to get her in. We had another call, but Miss Deborah, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. I just go ahead. wanted to say about Nicki Minaj. I feel very, I feel very, um, I mean, she's allowed to say whatever she wants and she gave the interview and that's her business. But if she were in a, in, if she were being given this interview, about what was between women's ears as opposed to between their legs, she would probably not be given that interview. I mean, that's a good point, Alyssa. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that is a good point because, I mean, like... But she's not the first person to ever have sex, and she's not going to be the last one. Right. And, I, you know, I, I just... I, I, to me, I'm just, okay, fine. You had the interview next. Right. No, we definitely agree with you there, Ms. Deborah. I mean, I think there's a point there to be made that she could have talked about so many other things in this interview. And I'm sure she did talk about other things just than this. But like she could have talked about, you know, how she, um, you know, like about staying in school and telling Mm -hmm. young people like young females about how like, look, you could you can be good at English and you could be good at putting together lyrics and making art and music. And yet she chose to talk about sex, which, you know, to some people say, well, that's female empowerment. But I agree. You know, Miss Deborah definitely has a point there. There's other things she could have done to empower women. On that note, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Texas and floods and climate change. So stay with us. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio on WHCR. The world is 